has a relationship with gender. What's your story? Hello and welcome to Gender Stories with your host, Dr. Alexian Taffy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Gender Story. I'm Alexian Taffy and today it's a solo episode. Before I get started, I really want to take a moment to thank all my Patreon supporters. I am so grateful for your support of this podcast. And if you haven't joined my Patreon, you can find my Patreon on uh, Patreon just as Gender Stories. So thank you so much. Um, So today, what I really want to talk about is uh, vacations, which uh, I know might seem a topic that doesn't have a lot to do with gender. Um, But uh, as you might see by the end of the episode, I think everything has a lot to do with gender. So there you go. Um, so where I live on uh, Dakota Anishinaabe tor- territory is currently known as Minnesota on Turtle Island, currently known as the United States, um, it's summer. And um, I have the privilege, the economic and social and cultural privilege to be able to go on vacation. And um, vacation is always a little bit fraught um, in my family. And it's a topic that came up in uh, family therapy. I like to be open about the fact that although I'm a therapist, I also have a therapist and not just an individual therapist, but we also go to family therapy. I think it's just such a wonderful space in which we can unpack um, minor and major irritations that might happen in family life. And there can be so much stigma about therapy. Anyway, that's a whole other episode. So vacations, why is there friction in our family about vacation? Well, with one of my nursing partners of like 19 years, one of the ongoing, with a cis man, one of the ongoing areas of struggle is who get to do the emotional labor of going on vacation. And if you're not familiar with the term emotional labor, again, this could be a whole other episode. And actually, now that I think about it, it should probably be a whole other episode about emotional labor and gender. Emotional labor is all that labor that might be less visible than um, doing something that can be seen. Like if I wash the dishes, that um, there is a piece of physical labor that you can see that I'm washing the dishes. But emotional labor is, for example, attentive listening to somebody, um, giving somebody the space to bounce back ideas or reflect, making decisions things that we might not think of as labor, but they actually still do take from our capacity, our uh, emotional capacity, our decision-making capacity, and so on. So vacations, kind of a fraught uh, topic sometime in our household, but don't worry, we had a really great family therapy session about it and changed some things about it. So what does gender have to do with vacations and what are Yes, and why am I introducing this idea of emotional labor? Well, one of the first things that folks uh, like myself who have the privilege to go on vacations have to think about is kind of even planning to have a vacation. And that's that piece of who initiates the conversation 
in a relationship, in a household, in a family um, of, hey, it seems like it would be a good idea to have a, have a break, for example, right? And even initiating the conversation is a piece of emotional labor. You know, it does take um, some thinking, some planning. Of course, that can be spontaneous vacations. That takes a lot of privilege, I think, to be able to be like, let's go on vacation tomorrow. Um, um, but, you know, usually vacations are kind of planned ahead of time. So who, who makes the decision um, to go on vacation? And then who initiates that conversation? Who starts coming up with ideas? Who generates ideas? And of course, this might be a relational process but there's they've actually been studies about this believe it or not about kind of who does the labor of doing what when it comes to making decisions and planning vacations and of course uh, all the research there's been is pretty cisgenderist which means it's very much based on the idea that there are men and women and it's kind of split into two and kind of keeps going on the this kind of Mars Venus model that uh, as you might have gathered I'm not a big fan of um, so I think it is much more complicated than that but socialization can have a big part in this um, in terms of who feels responsible to make sure a family gets a break for example or that a relational system goes on vacation together um, and if you take a moment to think about it think about how it happened in your family in my family it was pretty simple because um, growing up um, we didn't have a lot so pretty much all of our vacations uh, up to my teenage years uh, entailed packing up a car driving down to Sicily to my great aunt's house staying at my great aunt's driving back <laughs> sometimes it might be kind of day excursions um, to see something but that that was pretty much the vacation so it was simple there was a rhythm there was a structure um, but now that I do have more economic privilege um, as an adult, um, it has been different. Sometimes decisions have been driven kind of by, oh, I'm going to this conference. It's in a place we haven't been. It might be nice to all go on vacation. But so take a moment to think about what was it like in your family? How, what's it like in your life? Maybe if you live by yourself, you get to decide whether and when and where you go on vacation. But even then, that takes work and gender does have something to do with it because um, depending on how we're socialized we might feel more or less entitled to even having a break and going on vacation so for example um, do you feel like you can take the time and money to invest in yourself to go on a vacation so kind of the initial idea the conversation the decision making but then there are a lot of other things to think about uh, based on whose interest do you decide where to go? Um, who makes decision about the budget? Like how expensive is this vacation going to be? And again, um, depending on how we're socialized and depending on our gender, we might be more or less prone to spending more or less money on ourselves. And for example, folks who are assigned female at birth um, and who are usually in many dominant cultures, definitely the way I was brought up and where I live, kind of socialized to put other people's needs first, might be more prone to spend more money on a vacation that meets the needs of the family and the interests of the family rather than their own needs and interests. 
Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in relation to kind of other tasks that go along with kind of making vacations happen, basically. Um, I know I'm starting to make vacation sound uh, really cumbersome, aren't I? But that's because they are work. I think we do things of things like vacations should be fun. And then often, even as a family therapist myself, vacations can cause frictions, can cause arguments, and people are surprised they should be a time of ease. But I think it is because there is kind of all this hidden labor going on and all these things that are not of often kind of explicitly addressed about who makes which decisions and so on. So, and what's gonna be the budget? Where are you gonna go based on what interest? And then, so there's all this planning that's happening, right? And then even when you've made the decisions and you've made the planning, then there are things that might need to happen like buying train tickets or car rentals or plane tickets and so on. And then who does the packing? And if in a family there are children, who helps the children with the packing and all those kind of things, right? And often those are things that just kind of happen automatically. I am totally doing air quotes right now that you cannot see on automatically. And because when things happen automatically, it doesn't mean um, that they happen the way they're meant to happen. It just means that they happen in the way we have learned for things to happen. And that is often very much shaped from family of origin, how we were brought up, what do we see people around us do, media, and so on, as we've seen for a lot of other topics. So even after kind of all the decisions have been made, who kind of makes the vacation happen? Book the ticket, pack the bags, but also, um, you know, if you are, um, have plants or pets, who arranges the care of the plants and the pets, giving the keys to a neighbor, making sure somebody's watering the plants, um, if it's hot and all those kind of things. And then depending on what kind of vacation you have chosen, there are all of those tasks that happen when you are on vacation. For example, if there's driving to do, who does the driving? Is this something else that happens? air quotes automatically or is this something that gets discussed who does the cooking if you've decided to go somewhere where you can self-cater maybe because of food needs or maybe because of economics um, who takes on the labor not only of cooking but of thinking about what you're all gonna eat on vacation shopping for the food cooking the food and washing the dishes right there are all these different elements to making eating happen if you've chosen kind of a self-catering options on vacation and then there is also the aspect of childcare for those of us who have children just because you're on vacation it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you can relinquish the responsibility of childcare unless you have sent your kids to camp or to a grandparent but if your children are with you which usually on family vacations children are who's going to do that a piece of childcare, right? And how is that kind of decided who takes care of the children and when? And then there's kind of maybe navigating a new place. So if you if you go into a town that um, none of you have been before, how do the kind of how do the bus system works? How do I get from one place to another? Do they have Lyft? Do they have Uber? Do I walk? Um, all of those kind of things, right? Um, and even if you haven't chosen a self-catering options, how is eating happening? Who is making the choice of which restaurants to go to? Um, 
whose needs are getting met it might also again go back to budget who is being more careful about staying in budget and who is not and all of those things do have a lot to do with gender just take a moment to think about even just one of those things childcare, driving cooking arranging care of plants and pets um, choosing kind of where to eat who does the grocery shopping while you're on vacation all of those things might happen air quotes automatically um, but they often are shaped by social cultural and familial ideas of gender right um, and of course that might be less referred in um, kind of different families so for example in our family there are cis people trans people non-binary people same gender couplings and so um, you know something people might think well that cannot happen automatically because it's not the same as in a cisgender heteronormative family but actually we can still fall into gender roles and expression no matter what our gender identity and no matter what our relational pattern because of the expectations that we put on ourselves that other people put on us the way people see us i remember once we uh went to florida to disney world i i always get confused which one is uh disneyland and which one is disney world i think it was disney world anyway we were there and we were staying at the nickelodeon hotel because it was a groupon because I always look for cheap deals. That's kind of the way I do everything um, <laughs> because of the way I was brought up. Um, we were staying at that hotel and I was checking in and I was more masculine presenting at the time. And um, the clerk at the desk is like, oh, and where is your wife and child? Because they knew there were three people in the room and I point to the six foot seven cis guy behind me and I'm like that's my wife um, which of course kind of displaced the clerk for a little moment so it's not just the gender expectations we might have of ourselves but other people might invite us into gendered position when we travel which might be awkward to navigate if we don't fit into those cultural social um, gender expectations maybe if our families does things a little different so all of those things to consider just to go on vacation don't you feel tired i know but um unfortunately there are all those pieces of labor that go into making things happen um so all of those things that need to be navigated and then kind of i introduced this idea of well what you know not all families are kind of cisgender heteronormative families and that's already a whole bunch of stuff to navigate well, when going on vacation, same gender families and trans, and especially if there are trans and or non-binary people in the family systems or relational systems, also have to think about things like, will our family be welcome here? Again, going back to, the, uh, to Florida and uh, going to Disney, there was one incident in, I think it was Epcot, um, where I was going to the bathroom with my daughter, who was much younger, at the time and she didn't really want to go to the bathroom by herself um, and there were no family restrooms anywhere near um, and so we joined the line and I'm about to and she wanted me to go into the stall with her because she was little and there was an accessible stall so I'm about to go into the stall with her 
and this bathroom attendant uh, kind of tries to block me and says, you cannot go into the bathroom with her. And I said, that's my child who I've made. I am going to the bathroom and kind of shut the door in her face. Um, and fortunately that was that and no security was called probably because when I opened my mouth, my voice didn't match the gendered expectation that the bathroom attendant had. The bathroom attendant, I think, had a gendered expectation that I was male and I was just queuing up with my daughter. Um, but uh, when I opened my mouth, that kind of created probably a gender dissonance for her. And I was really lucky, probably because of white privilege, um, that the you know there was no security called on me. But then when we were in the bathroom, my kid was kind of, a little bit unsettled what was like what happened why didn't she why was that woman talking to you about not coming in the bathroom with me and so there I am in the position of having to explain how transphobia and cisgenderism is impacting my ability to parent my young child who still doesn't have concepts as big as cisgenderism and transphobia and yet she's seen them right and of course that's the experience of many many minority individuals in many different ways of having to explain to our children how the world works and um, why they are impacted in ways that other families are not impacted right so even when we go on vacation we might have to think about Will our family be welcome? Um, are there gonna be issues? What is the restroom situations? Um, I, I kind of know where all the bathrooms are in places I'm familiar with. And that is no incident. Well, it's actually a combination of having chronic health issues, which means it's very useful for me to know where <laughs> bathrooms are uh, because um, of interstitial societies and other autoimmune issues. And again, I'm open about this because I think those are really taboo topics that often people don't talk about, mental health or disability. Um, being disabled brings it all other dimension, right? Also ongoing on vacation. Is this place gonna be accessible? Um, are accessibility features gonna add cost to the vacation? Um, is it even an option to go on vacation when disability can be so expensive to manage in lots of different ways? And when, of course, many disabled folks live in poverty. And again, I come from a place of privilege uh, where um, I do have economic privilege to be able to go on vacation. But um, so bathrooms, bathrooms can be a big issue that people think about what's going to be my access. Is it going to be uh, easy or challenging? You know, I used to love going camping when I was younger and a lot of the state parks uh, provide wonderful bathroom facilities, um, and, but they're often divided up into men and women. And then I have to think about what is the legislation of the place of the state I'm going into, which bathrooms am I legally allowed to use, am I going to run into trouble if I'm using, air quotes, the wrong bathroom or if I'm seen as using the wrong bathroom by other people. So bathrooms are a matter of access and are also a matter of safety for most trans and non-binary people and also just any gender non-conforming people of any gender identities. You know, am I gonna be comfortable? Am I gonna be safe? Am I um, gonna be in danger, right? So, so many things to think about. And so one of the things we might not think about is not just the emotional labor, but what, um, 
in mental health might be called the allostatic load. So the allostatic load is the amount of stress on the nervous system um, that different situations can have. That's very simplistic descriptions. I apologize to all the people who know way more about allostatic load, but it's basically the stress that it's put on the system when um, in different situations, right? And kind of there is a lot of stress that it's not uh, visible, right? Like making a lot of decisions results in a cum cumulative amount of stress. And I'm talking about stress as pressure on the nervous system. So it's kind of takes uh, energy, takes capacity. And so, uh, yeah, the allostatic load can really um, grow and build up when organizing a vacation depending on our location right depending on who we are and of course um you know uh, for a lot of people it's not just thinking about gender in isolation but like i was saying it's about thinking about gender in relation to disability you might also be thinking about gender in relation to race for a lot of bipoc folks um it's also like where am i gonna go on vacation am i gonna feel welcome am i gonna be safe and of course and um um, and what does that even mean uh, where I live um, at the moment anyway? So vacation can seem like this thing that it's, oh, we go on vacation and people have similar experiences and families have similar experiences, but actually different people can go on the same vacation and have radically different experiences because of their uh, position, positionality, you know, the where they are in terms of how they see themselves, how they're seen, and gender, I think, is definitely a big part of that. So vacations, it can seem such a simple thing, right, to say, okay, we need a vacation, we're going on vacation, and yet there are all of the species of labor, and then all of the species of labor that can be looked at through the lens of gender um, to consider. So I invite you to consider if you do have the privilege to go on vacation, take a moment to step back and think about who does what when we go on vacation. And again, maybe you live by yourself and you get to decide um, when and where uh, you go on vacation and what budget you spend. But even if that's the case, are there gender expectations that you put on yourself or that other people put on you that kind of influence the way um, that you make decisions when it comes to vacation. And I would love to hear from you. In, in one way, when I thought about doing this episode about vacations, I thought, is this too frivolous a topic? And then I thought, no, I'm really, gender stories is about exploring all of our relationships to gender from all these different lenses. And why not talk about vacation and invite people into a conversation of kind of who does what when you go on vacation, how do you make decisions even for yourself and does gender play a role? So if you wanna let me know what you thought about the episode, you can tweet at Gender Stories, you can email me at genderstoriespodcast at gmail.com, you can leave a comment on Facebook on the Gender Stories page, and I would really love for you to get engaged. And in fact, I'm in the process of creating a Gender Stories Facebook community. So if that's something that, that interests you, please uh, drop me a line or tweet at me and let me know that that's something that would excite you to kind of carry on the conversation beyond the episode. And of course, you can also 
join my Patreon. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know I'm saying that a lot, but apparently I've been told that I don't tell people enough that I have a Patreon. And as ever, if you want to think more about gender, I would recommend uh, mine and Mac John Barker's book, How to Understand Your Gender, The Practical Guide for Exploring Who You Are, as well as our newest book, Life Isn't Binary. And there might be more projects in the work, but I can't tell you yet because we are in conversations both with one another and um, um, with our publisher. But watch the space and I will let you know more. So until next time, thank you for listening. And if you do have the privilege to go on vacation, I hope you have a beautiful vacation. And maybe just take a moment and pause and see if you can spot any gender dynamics in your vacation planning or going. So thank you for listening. Whether you go on vacation or not, I hope you can take a moment to take good and gentle care of yourself.